Welcome to JSA TV Europe, together with the Greener Data Movement for this quarter's live event focused on European digital infrastructure sustainability. I'm Jean-Marc Lehmann. Joining me today is Keith Breed, Senior Research Analyst at CBRE. And Keith, it's a pleasure to see you. Um, I don't think we've really, we haven't met since before COVID. So uh, it's been quite a few years since we saw, we've spoken a lot, but we haven't. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we, I think you came once to the uh, Tech Capital thing at the CBRE, didn't you? And, uh, yeah, last year. There. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm just a new drawn into CBRE. I've been here less than a year now. So it's uh, yeah. it's quite an interesting experience going back to a big company again from where I was before. So there you are. Yeah, well, at least you've got very nice offices to get back to. Very nice, yeah. yeah. Those are probably the most modern post-COVID offices in London at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a nice location in the West End, so I can't complain. Sorry. No, yeah. Well, it's literally like 20 steps away from Bond Street Station as well. So <laughs> you have your own private interest to the station, uh, but uh, which is useful when there's no strikes. Uh, but uh, Keith, <laughs> Keith, uh, let's let's talk about data centers because that's the, the 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 hot topic that everyone is talking about. Even in in and outside of the industry, everyone wants to know about data centers. Uh, let's talk through because you have quite a, a wide ranging view of what's happening on the continent. Um, Talk us through the latest data center development, especially around investment, but with a sustainable focus to it. How important is sustainability across everything that you're looking at? Well, it's a remarkable topic. I mean, the, the thing is, at the moment, there are two things happening. First of all, we're getting huge amounts of data center investment still coming into the market, even though there has been uh, aspects of supply chain issues, inflation, all these things that have been affecting the whole industry from IT and elsewhere. There's still huge investment being made in the hyperscale uh, uh, capacity, looking at the traditional flat markets as well, still growth going on there, particularly in the UK and in Paris and in uh, basically around London, but going further outside London towards the southwest and towards other parts of, of the southeast region. And then you're also getting uh, capacity increases into new regions. So you're talking about the likes of uh, Lisbon, you're talking about the likes of Madrid and Milan, also talking about the likes of Athens and other areas where Microsoft, Google, and other hyperscale companies are putting in their cloud regions. And that's stimulating demand for data centers as well. So there's a huge amount of growth going on in these so-called tier two, even tier three markets, which are starting to appear. And sustainability, you're dead right, it's a big issue. Uh, most users now, one of the big requirements now is having renewable power at all times for all data centers. So this is a requirement coming from the occupiers, from the users, enterprises, and everybody. They want to comply with these new regulations. And sustainability and renewable power is one big aspect of that. Hmm. And what's happening is the EU is now going to start introducing legislation over the next year or so. Uh, they've already got the, I think it's the EU Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive coming in. Hmm which is uh, going to come in beginning of next year to be applied. It's now something we've got to prepare for because basically all the companies who use um, above a certain size have to report on their sustainability efforts and how much they're investing and directors are mandated to actually make a statement in their annual report, which is going to be quite a big change. And that's not something which has happened before. So again, there's going to be much more focus on it because it's been put up at a very senior management level. Hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned that because when we say quite a few companies, it's actually any company that deals in the data center space will have to abide by that new re regulation because I think yeah. it's companies from 150,000 euros yeah. revenue. Everybody, virtually everybody will have to comply. And it's going to cause a lot of problems for some companies, particularly those who have their own inbuilt, I don't know, enterprise service or whatever, because that's going to be an issue for them yeah. because they may have 
think very carefully now about what source and go to a more specialist provider. So yeah. for some data centers, it could be a big opportunity. You're going to find that I think the in-house data center will probably become more and more obsolete and they'll have to go into a third-party managed colo with, mm. with experience and expertise on how to provide uh, uh, green sustainable services. So yeah. more and more yeah, I think that kind of echoes what we heard at, uh, at a recent industry event where people were saying, actually, these regulations can drive a lot of business. Yes, they can be a pain for some, but they can also drive a lot of business um, into that it's in the operators. Um, so is that what you're seeing in Europe? And that's what you, especially within tier two markets, are you seeing these regulations already pushing some development to, into the ground? I'm not sure yet. It's not quite happening. I mean, what we're seeing is, I think we're seeing enterprises actually asking questions now of their suppliers and saying, how green are you? What kind of uh, renewable energy do you have? Are you looking at different types of um, emissions, like the, the scope one, which is basically your direct um, emissions, what you actually provide yourselves? And there's scope two, which is what is in your supply chain. And that's something which they're asking for of their co-location providers and data center vendors, which they're using. And that's part of their uh, exercise now. So we're seeing this in a lot of large companies. And it's going to start filtering down, I think, to the SME and the small, medium-sized sector as well, because they will probably have to start reporting as well at some stage. And, you know, Europe and the UK, the UK has got a similar ambition, I think, to actually go to be a carbon-neutral society by 2050. The route map for that is a bit unclear, but probably it all means we'll have to do <laughs> the same thing. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a huge amount of change and some regulatory burden that we have to accept. And I think the larger data center companies, the people like Equinix, Digital Realty, and others who have this kind of experience already, will be able, well positioned to actually take on more more capacity, I think, and more enterprise users as a result. And um, I, I think it's going to be quite, in the end, quite healthy for the industry because everyone will have to just uh, try and uh, adapt. And you've seen cloud service providers do this over a long period of time now. Microsoft, I think about two or three years ago, two years ago, they introduced a online monitoring tool talking about carbon efficiency hmm. in their cloud. And this is something which has started to happen with the cloud service providers. And now the data center providers and others are going to have to follow suit as well. A lot of this technology is not necessarily proprietary. You can talk to people like, uh, there are all kinds of data governance type companies like Archer, which used to be part of RSA, who provide this kind of service as an online tool. And so enterprises will have to start adopting this as part of their ESG reporting, I think, to actually just see how clean they are and what kind of uh, impact they're having on, on the environment. Hmm. So it, it's going to be quite a big change, I think. Hmm. I, and I think hopefully a change for the better. Um, yes. The greater good. Um, I was going to say, you, you mentioned like the big guys like Equinix and Digital Realty, they, they will potentially gobble up quite a lot of the enterprise demand um, out of these new regulations coming into, into the market. Um, how, so what will be the play of the, the smaller players, of the, the boutique data centers, of the ones that have one, two facilities? Do they have a space? Are they going to struggle? Um, um, I think it's interesting because it's starting to see a bit of consolidation going on in the market. So... What, what has happened over the last few years, you've had enormous amount of funds coming into the market, private equity, new investment funds coming in, and they've actually financed a lot of new build uh, 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 data centers. So you're talking about Vantage, you're talking about uh, Digital Bridge with Vantage and so on, and you're talking about a lot of other companies. And some of these companies now are looking to actually have 
consolidate more and will become bigger, I think. So you'll probably see more companies coming into the market and merging and acquiring others. That's been a, a factor in the UK and in Europe. I think it's going to continue happening. So you'll probably have a bit of a shakeout. But I think at the same time, the two the smaller data centers will have, be faced with a choice whether to, to merge with other companies or whether to um, actually become more of a specialist in, say, a hosting environment or a managed service type provider rather than actually try and offer pure co-learn services. Um, there's also talk about the edge and whether that's going to grow or not. And that's always yeah. been going on for a long time now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's always difficult to see where the actual commercial um, imperative is. We understand that there would be a need for, you know, with IoT and things for local computing type services. But so far, it seems to be provided for by the traditional COLA providers. You don't seem to have a huge kind of requirement for the small uh, diversified data center just yet. Interesting. I think uh, as you were talking, and especially talking about partnerships, uh, it kind of reminded me of what happens um, in the post-Brexit years, um, wow. uh, where you had uh, UK companies and European companies partnering up, like Volta Data Centers, which doesn't exist anymore. I think it's now part of Vern Global, uh, which partnered yes. up with Lux Connect. Um, and they, they were operating, it was almost like a single company, but with two brands, um, yes. just a very streamlined partnership. So maybe that was a warm-up for what's coming uh, in the next Yeah, week. I think so. I, I think as well, there's still a lot of talk. There are some companies trying to sell themselves, I think, on the market at the moment. and probably familiar with some of them, and that's going to happen, I think. And so there, there will be more industry groupings being formed, I think, in the data center business. I think, yeah. I think on the whole, it's because the hyperscale is such a big investment required. And so you need to have scale and you need to have finance to actually allow yourself yeah. to actually compete in that kind of market. Yeah. But and also the other thing which is happening is you're getting with tier two, tier three markets coming along. And then you're going to see some interesting changes. I think if Central Europe takes off, for example, we're talking about uh, connectivity around the Mediterranean, for example, the likes of uh, Greece, the likes of Barcelona, the likes of different parts of the Med, where you're going to see content providers coming in. Then it could be a very interesting market. You're going to see um, some more specialist providers, I think, moving into those areas and offering a kind of content hub with connectivity to a cable landing station, which is going to be attractive to some users. So it, it, it is really interesting, especially, sorry. Sorry, that's starting to happen. So in the Mediterranean, you're getting connectivity down to the Middle East and to Asia and to Africa. And that's quite an interesting market for a, a data center provider. So you don't necessarily need to have a big scale or a big hyperscale provider. What you need to have is the connectivity and the connection to a landing station. And that gives you some kind of advantage, I think. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you're saying because that, that is literally what's happening um, on the ground. I mean, if you look at Start Campus in Portugal, for instance, it's big player, big money, big campus, um, getting in all the cables in, including a new one called Olisipu um, with Ellerlink, um, right. trying to create a bridge between the Atlantic and Central Europe. Um, and the whole concept revolves around energy. Um, so, and I think that's the new business model for data centers, the energy side of things, um, where it's no longer, let's build something to host data, let's build something which is green first, and then let's look at the data and the service. Um, not necessarily like that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think green energy is very interesting. But the funny thing is the European market seems to be making a reasonably good attempt to try and transition to a green energy for the first time. I mean, I looked at the um, national grid 
Um, ESO, they have a kind of real-time chart which talks yeah. about the power they're generating. And about 40 to 50% of it now is renewable power. So that is generally offshore wind yeah. from the northwest and northeast and from Scotland, which is being generated throughout the UK and we, we, we sent. So yeah. that, that's slowly happening in Europe as well. It's happening in Italy, it's happening in Spain, it's happening in other countries. So yeah. it's quite a big step forward, I think. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's without wanting to go into it, but it's one of the side effects, probably the only positive side effects of this war in Ukraine has been the push for, for different sources of energy uh, yes. and a big push towards renewables. So maybe this speeded up a, a little bit the process um, yes. by governments across the continent. So it's probably the only good thing that came out of it. Uh, but it will probably have been better just to be a bit delayed as opposed to having what we have. <laughs> um, but um, And then Keith, so if we quickly look into what CBRE is doing and it's going to be doing over the next few months, um, can you lift the veil a little bit on what's going to come from you? Try. I mean, we're doing a webinar every um, quarter, so there'll be one coming up very soon, which I'll try and send you details on, which is talking about the flat market, so or the flat D market. So that is Fra Frankfurt, London, Amsterdam, Paris, and Dublin. So that you know, we talk about the trends which are taking place there and the growth in those markets, which is still the about seventy percent of the market around around Europe and the EMEA region. Uh, but we're also looking at um, doing research into Africa. And that's going to be cut something which is coming out later on this year. And we're also looking at the Middle East as well, because the Middle East is another country, another kind of region where there's a huge amount of growth going on. And we heard about what's happening, obviously, in Saudi Arabia and all this kind of huge new investment in, in capacity for data centers and for IT as a whole, for driving the whole new economy. And it's happening in UAE, and it's going to be happening in a lot of other countries around the Gulf states as well. So that's something which we're going to be looking at. And we're also trying to expand our coverage into, you know, the kind of emerging markets. And we're talking about Milan to some extent. We're talking about Madrid, which are two big kind of growth areas we see in Europe at the moment. But we're also looking at the likes of the Nordics and we're looking at Central and Eastern Europe as well, connecting down into the Mediterranean area. So it, it, we're going to be extremely busy uh, getting quite a bit of client work, getting quite a bit of transaction work. Um, it's interesting in a way being in CBRE because you get a crossover point between the, the users, the end users, some of whom we manage, and also the, uh, the actual hyperscale providers as well are coming to us looking for land and all kinds of areas where they can build on. So we, we get the kind of uh, both ends of the spectrum. There's the small enterprise user and the really large hyperscale company as well. So it's really fascinating. Well, you're going to be very, very busy, I can tell. Uh, yeah. Always reach out, if you want to reach out, what's the best uh, way to reach out to you? Well, come to the cbre.com website and look for data center services, DCS, or data center solutions. And uh, that will be uh, give you uh, access to resource we have online. And also have a look at our LinkedIn page as well, because we're always going to have details of data center solutions on new services that we're bringing out, new reports, and also details on our forthcoming webinars as well. Hmm. Well, Keith, as always, it's a pleasure speaking to you. I could stay here for hours just Don't talking worry. through everything. Because if we go into each market, then we have conversation for days. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, of course. So, yeah, uh, a pleasure as always. Uh, thanks so much. And, and thank you, you, for joining us today and watching JSA TV Live. Don't forget to check our social channels for more content. Until next time, happy networking.